without further ado, let us get into the work. So the last two days and including today, I'm speaking from the topic behind closed doors. What happens behind closed doors has a profound impact on our current stage of life and the future that God holds for us. And today it's a very interesting scripture portion. I don't know how many of you know about King Joash. He does not have a very flashy resume. A man with many flaws. A man who did, did things that was not pleasing in the sight of God. A man with many flaws comes in search of a man called Elisha who was the backbone of this nation. He was the agent between God and God's people. A man who moved in a mighty way. And it is very interesting that the stage at which Joash comes to meet Elisha. The brother is in his deathbed. Weak, fragile. There is absolutely no way that he could bring fire from heaven and from his deathbed. Perhaps that's what we all would think. So he comes to meet Elisha at the most fragile state of his life. And he begins to break down, shed his tears, and he says, My father, my father, you were the chariot of Israel and the horsemen of Israel. When I read this, it really, really touched me. And the reason why it touched me is because unfortunately we live in a time and age and stage where people come and meet you, people want to speak to you, people want to have a fellowship with you when they know that they can benefit from you. When they know that they can get something from you. Majority of the people and the relationships that you see in and around you, most of the times people want to see what is it in it for me. If there is benefit, people will seek you. <laughs> I'm very clear. I don't fall for people's praises because I know that they are after me only because of the anointing. There are a few people who come to me because I am Praveen Matthew as a human being. And those are the people I want to hang out with. I was telling yesterday that my best friends are all outside the church. Because they are not going to judge me. They won't come with a scoring sheet. Did he preach well today? How much was the anointing today? They don't do all that. Here is a man who comes to meet Elisha knowing that he's in his deathbed. How many of us go back to people who invested in our lives, who prayed for us, who stood with us, who weeped for us, who spent their precious resources? When we are able to see a benefit, we stay with them. But very few people 
cry with you genuinely. Come to meet you when you are absolutely weak. Because we are mostly the holier than thou art generation. Immediately we are ready to say that, oh, this man sinned, that's why he's in his deathbed. <laughs> Quite unfortunate, but this is the reality. But Joash came to meet Elisha when he was very weak. He would have never ever dreamt that God was going to use this moment looking at his heart and release a great blessing into his life. Sometimes you have to do things without any expectation. Sometimes you have to meet people, do things for people without any expectation. Because you will never know the moment God will choose to release something in your life. And the Bible says that he breaks down and he says, My father, my father, you were the chariot of Israel and you were the horsemen of Israel. You were the pillar, the backbone for this nation. And if you read this very carefully, it should ring a bell in your head. Because these were the exact same words Elisha says when Elijah was taken away. My father, my father, you were the chariot and horsemen of Israel. I was so encouraged when I read this verse. You know why? Because whatever Elisha sowed, in his deathbed he reaped. You must know something, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever you sow in the kingdom of God, there will definitely be a time to reap. Because God watches over your life very carefully. He watches what you do with your strength. This prime time of your life with the resources, with the gifts he's given you. And if you sow it for the kingdom of God, it may not be immediate because we are very instantaneous, fast food generation. But God will certainly bring it to pass. It may be even on the last stage of your life. But this specific verse is a affirmation it's a confirmation for you and me that whatever you sow, you will surely reap. So never be disheartened, never be discouraged to sow into somebody's life. Do it without an expectation. You know, when I accepted Christ, I was 19 years old. Today, I can't even stand. <laughs> That's why I have to sit so much physical constraints. But in the prime of my life, I wanted to do something for God, but I didn't know what to do. So I was part of a ministry. For seven long years, my ministry was to clean the church, clean the toilets, pick up garbage, drive the servants of God, buy them a meal. And my family members would ask me, so you're going for ministry. What do you do? Do you sing? I'll say no. Do you play the keyboard? I'll say no. 
Do you play the guitar? I'll say no. Do you play the drums? I'll say no. Now they are suspicious. This guy is going out somewhere. Something fishy is happening. Because ministry is all about what happens here. Least did they know, least did I know that when I was sowing silently behind closed doors, I was building my bank account. Neither did I know, neither did my family know, neither did my friends know that it was very important to do things when nobody expected it. And this is exactly what Joash did. And he cries and pours his heart. And the moment he pours his heart, something begins to happen in that room. This weak, fragile, and this man who is in his deathbed begins to do something. He says, Joash, take this bow, take the arrow. And then he lays his hand on his hand. And then he says, open the window facing the eastward direction and now shoot this arrow. You must read the sequence like I mentioned yesterday. The revelation is in the details. There was a reason why he followed the sequence. He says, take this bow. This is, this is a small bow that you have with you. Joash would have never dreamt in his life that this bow is going to be used by God to give him a great victory. Don't underestimate the small things that you have in your life. Don't underestimate anything that God does in your life. Everything has a purpose in your life and in my life when you walk with Jehovah. When you walk with the Lord, everything has a reason. Because the Bible says all things work together. Not this thing, that thing, one specific thing. All things. So the rejections you face, the health issues you face, the deceptions you face, the problems you face, all of this works together. He says, take this bow and now let me lay my hands over it. This is where my generation and the upcoming generations have a problem. We don't want somebody to lay their hand over us. We don't like people overseeing us. Because today we have Google knowledge. Whether anything is there upstairs, it's a big question mark. Because you say anything, Google. But I'm here to bring you bad news today. If the Lord's hand is not with you, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how talented you are, you cannot bring great success in your life. You must have a servant of God laying his hands over your life. God will give you an overseer for every stage of your life. Today the word mentoring has become alien. 
nobody likes mentoring you try correcting a 4 year old child he'll stab you with with a butter knife because nobody wants correction but you must know my dear brothers and sisters your prayer from this day has to be lord you must lay your hands on my hands when i go to work lay your hands on me when i go to church lay your hands on me when i raise my child lay your hands on me because without your hands i cannot succeed lord he says i'm going to lay my hands as a sign that god is with you and very interestingly he says open the window facing eastward and now shoot the arrow you must remember that the sun rises on the from the east and every day you must open your dark life the dark room of yours and let the light from heaven enter into your room today each of us here have a dark dark side to our life it amazes me i remember meeting somebody i preached about david so this elderly group they didn't like david too much because he was a sinner apparently so you know normally i don't debate i don't waste my ammunition with uh, people so i didn't know what to say so they were debating and telling me all his flaws and after i went home i thought god exposes david's private life to all of us how will it be if god exposed your private life and my private life this room will be empty all of us will have to hide our face because all of us have a dark side hiding is in inside of us sometimes the enemy surrounds you with dark cloud that's why you cannot pray i challenge you you can sit and listen to worship song for 10 12 14 even 20 hours try going down on your knees and praying 5 minutes you will think about how your wife yelled at you you will think about how your husband spoke to you what happened in your workplace what did this guy tell me what did that guy tell me because the enemy knows that the moment you bend your knees and you open your heart god's rays of light begins to hit you the heavens open whenever you bend your knees he says open this window because god's light has to fall into this room this is one perspective from a history geography perspectives it is written that the syrians were occupied they predominantly stayed in the northeastern region and there was a town or a city called gilead which was occupied by syria and that was in the eastern region so the reason why the arrow was being sent in this direction was to signify how god was going to deliver god's people from this direction 
and he says, this is the arrow of deliverance from the Lord. I'm here to tell somebody that today God is going to send the arrow of deliverance into your life. Something that you have been praying about, someone who you've been praying for, God's arrow of deliverance is going to be released today. He says, now shoot the arrow and he shoots this. Did you notice this sequence? Instruction after instruction after instruction after instruction. Which teaches you and me a very important lesson. In order to receive God's blessings, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be willing to follow instructions. Today you try giving four or five instructions to one person. They'll pack their bags and go to another church. Because nobody wants to follow instructions. When the pastor says something, we get upset. When the elders say something, we get upset. Because nobody wants to follow instructions. If only Joash had said, I am the king. I cannot follow your instructions. I am not going to do this. Just imagine what he would have missed out from his life. So the next time you receive instructions from the Bible, from your pastor, from somebody whom God has placed over your life, you must know that it is critical for your success to follow instructions. That is why the Bible says you have to come into the presence of the Lord like a child. The problem is as we grow old and as we get more experience in the church, in the ministry, in the job, we start using the upstairs. Not realizing that it will set you up for failure. And he shoots the arrow. He follows a simple instruction. He would have never dreamt that God is going to do something like this. And he says, now take the arrows. Again, next set of instructions. And he says, now beat it on the ground. All this while, brother Joash followed every instruction like a child. Now the brother begins to think. So he hits it once. No sound from the servant of God. He hits it twice. No other instruction. He hits it the third time. He's not hearing anything. And guess what he does? He stops doing what he has to do. And immediately the Bible says that this man of God was angry with him. What does this mean to you and me? If you read it as a story, it is just going to be a story. But if the story has found place in this precious real estate, there has to be a reason. What is this story trying to teach you and me? That you and me have to keep doing certain things till God tells you to stop doing it. If God has called you to worship, you keep worshiping till he stops asking you to do so. If God tells you to volunteer, keep volunteering till he asks you to do so. 
Today, the moment we feel uncomfortable, the moment we feel, you know, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, very common statement. Who told you you're going to be happy? Marriages are breaking, it's crumbling in months now. I'm not happy. Who told you you're going to be happy? My wife is watching, so I'm saying it very, in a mild way, because I have to go home tonight. You are not going to be happy. But sometimes you have to have the commitment to keep doing things till God tells you to stop doing it. Because he used his brains, because he used his mind, he stops doing what he has to do. And the Bible says, this man was angry. We are always reading, God is love. God loves you. All that is true. But the last thing that you and me should do is kindle God's anger against us. And the reason why I tell you it is critical to do what you have to do is because it is only then that you will receive the fullest of blessing that God has for you. He says, had you keep doing this five or six times, you would have destroyed the Syrians completely. But because you stopped three times, after the third time, you will defeat them only three times. I'm very greedy when it comes to blessing, especially after marriage. I don't want any partial blessings. I've invested too much of my life and I'm at a stage and phase of my life where I cannot afford to commit such blunders. And I was saying yesterday that if there is a big difference between you and me, if God tells me to jump, I will blindly jump. I always wondered why God selected me. There are so many flamboyant speakers, people who have more degrees than a thermometer. Why did he select me? It took this dummy several years to understand that God chose only dumb people because I cannot think. I cannot tabulate. So if he says something, I will do it. Perfect candidate. Today, before you do something, you are thinking, you are asking, you are making calls. You want to check past history, past data. You want to know everything. But it will never work like that with God. You just have to follow instructions. And keep doing what God has called you to do. It may look like it is not working. It is supposed to look like that. Because when you walk with God, sometimes you will look like a fool. You must be prepared to look like a fool. And in due time, the Bible says, that he will open the windows of heaven and he will release the blessings that he has bound for you in heaven. And let me close by telling you, all of this takes place behind closed doors. 
what you do behind closed doors will have a profound impact on your day-to-day -day life and in the days to come. That is why it is important that every day once you go home, you get into your prayer room, close the door and start seeking God diligently. I often get one question because I talk so much about prayer. Many people don't like it. Brother, what brother? All the time prayer, prayer, prayer. How much can I pray brother? I have some 10 problems. Beyond this, what will I pray brother? If you have a problem with prayer and you think you cannot spend more time, which means you don't have enough problems. When you are surrounded with problems and when you desperately need God, your time will never be sufficient. Because when you go back and you start pleading and crying and looking up to God, something happens behind closed doors. Today, everybody wants the platform here. It's a very dangerous place. If you are not strong behind closed doors, you will crumble and fall on this platform. And the same people who say, Hosanna, Hosanna, will say, crucify this fellow. And this is my 19th year in the ministry. So if I give you examples, You'll go till evening and you'll call 911. We have a hostage situation. So I'm not going to demotivate you. But nobody can shake you when you go behind closed doors. And God makes and creates and releases things behind closed doors. So stop seeking man and seek God. Keep doing things till he asks you to do. Sometimes or every time do things without any expectation. And follow his instructions. You will see what God will do in your life. So I'm going to let the worship team lead all of you for a few moments of worship and prayer. And I urge you and request you that you will commit your life once again tonight or today. And to make a vow to God that behind closed doors you will seek Him diligently. Because all of us lack prayer. We have to rekindle that fire in us. And you will see how God moves mountains in your life.